This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited. Your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. Uh, it's an overrated, underrated Wednesday here on Canuck Central. We'll get to uh, some of those topics that you've sent in, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. You can get in some more. You know how the segment works. It's uh, stolen straight from Gary V. Oh, I'm sure everybody except Halford and Bruff know who that is. Um, They're like, who? Yeah, who? You know, Gary V. Um, but you you send us a topic, and Sat and I will debate if it is overrated or underrated. So uh, the since everybody's talking about it on hockey Twitter right now, these Justin Bieber Maple Leafs jerseys, overrated or underrated? And uh, we would uh, debate. Uh, I would lean overrated. But uh, I'm sure Sat would also lean that way. I don't know, they are yeah. nice, though. Like I kind of like nice. them. They're fine, but the hype is a little bit much. That's that's all. Just like everything else, right? <laughs> it, it always comes back to the hype, and and once the hype jumps a shark, like it, it's over. That's that's it's when fine. it becomes a problem. Then when it gets like that Toronto hype, then it's just like okay, stop it. Well, Toronto hype's the worst hype. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, it's the actual radio studio is a microphone. <laughs> but that's a different conversation. That's uh, where Sad is right now. He's getting set to join uh, Murph on the television broadcast ahead of uh, Canucks and Avalanche and uh, the studio over there. Well, it, it took a while to get it working for uh, some hilarious reasons, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll tell it one day. We'll leave it for now, but maybe one day we'll, we will tell the story. One day we'll have to tell the story. <laughs> it has something to do with my name. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it sounds great uh, now. Now that uh, now that you're here, uh, if you missed hour one, I was on a, a long soliloquy while Sat was figuring out some of those technical issues. But we talked about which players have the most to prove through the final eighteen games, and Kevin Woodley joined us. Uh, to discuss some goalie things, especially with Yaro Halak uh, getting tonight's start against the Colorado Avalanche. All right, overrated, underrated, let's do it, because we uh, have to be out at about 20 minutes' time, so we want to be able to get to as many as we can. All right, overrated, underrated, and I want to start with the Vegas Golden Knights, Sat. Uh, today they had the uh, Evgeny Dadanov trade officially mm-hmm. voided. And it's amazing how all of hockey Twitter is just so ready to dunk on the Vegas Golden Knights. I, uh, I kind of love it. The Vegas Golden Knights struggles, overrated or underrated. Oh, uh, underrated still, right? I mean, like, you know, this is fantastic. You go from all the injuries they faced, they've traded players, they've sc- kind of screwed up the, uh, the us-against-the-world mentality that led them to the Stanley Cup in their inaugural season and only to lose in the Cup Final. And since then, I mean, they've made a lot of bold moves. They've tried to be super aggressive, and, you know, they've taken a massive step forward. But it hasn't really resulted in a lot of playoff success, whether it's losing to Vancouver in the postseason, right? And then training Nate Schmidt and pissing off the entire team. And then this season, with everything going on, I'd say even though people are dunking and having a lot of fun with the Vegas Golden Knights and their issues, I'd still say that it's underrated. I mean, they pissed off one of the nicest guys in the league and Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, who else? What else do you want? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, the Golden Knights right now, it's everybody, because there's so many like long-suffering franchises, Canucks fans, obviously, among uh, the, the most long and suffering franchises in the National Hockey League. 
Like, there's a bitterness that the Vegas Golden Knights just showed up and made everything look so easy. Like, yeah, we're just going to, like, stroll to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, we're in Vegas and we're good. So everybody's going to want to come play for us. Uh, Alex Pietrangelo, let's go. Mark Stone, let's go. Max Pacioretty, let's go. Jack Eichel, let's go. (laughs) You know, it's just like it's so easy for them to acquire players and their success has been so easy for them. I ain't nobody shedding any tears for the Vegas Golden Knights. And now, like, the cool thing is, what what are they going to do to eventually move off of Dadanov's contract here? Like, are they going to force it in order to activate somebody off of their IR, whether it's uh, Alec Martinez or Mark Stone, whoever it may be? What are they going to do here? How many first-round picks are they going to pay to have to get rid of that contract to a team mm. that's not on his no-trade list? That's that's the new storyline I'm looking at. Man, uh, so what I think is going to happen is they'll probably make a trade, right? And you yep. can still make trades after the deadline to a team that's not making the playoffs, and you can still make it happen. But, man, they should have them over a barrel, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I hope yes. that happens. I hope that happens. I just hope there isn't a team that just does a solid for Vegas at the old boys club. They come through because of a favor that was owed. That's what I hope. But, you know, it would be it would be underrated. I OK, this is what I would say. If Vegas is able to get away from this then this whole notion of, you know, leagues taking advantage of teams in a tough spot or whatever is completely overrated. Like, if they don't have to pay a massive premium, this whole notion of, hey, when you're in trouble, the league throws you anvils is a complete lie. If they get away with this, I'm going to be pissed. Like, somebody's got to to make them pay. Uh, Love it. Uh, Overrated, underrated. Keep getting in some thoughts. Let's uh, try and rip through a few more. Uh, This one... Not so near and dear to my heart. The Miami Dolphins offseason sat. They acquire Tyreek Hill today. They got Teron Armstead yesterday. Uh, are you buying the Dolphins as uh, one of the offseason winners? Overrated or underrated, the Miami Dolphins offseason? Uh, I'd still say it's overrated because as Ooh, much as they're my thunder. Yeah, I love it. I mean, no, no. I mean, like as much as they're adding a lot of players and everything like that, um, I'm I'm not sure about their coach. And at the end of the day, h- how much of their issues are going to be solved if Tua doesn't take a step next season? Mm-hmm. Like, you can put all the weapons you want around them, right? Like, are they going to be a team that that could be have a winning record? Absolutely. But if people think the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden you know might challenge uh, the Bills in that division, you got something coming. I'm not even sure they're better than the Patriots at this point, despite all the moves they've made. The uh... This is the thing. How many times does a team win the offseason and end up, like, really hitting on that, you know? Uh, it, it seems like more often than not, if you're the winners in, in, in an offseason or free agency, you're not all, it doesn't always guarantee success. And the Dolphins, I'm not sure they're there yet. They needed the, the offensive line help with Teron Armstead, of course, but I'm still not really a believer in Tua Tungvaloa. So we'll have to see. Even with all those assets, all those weapons, can he make it work? That's going to be the big question there. All right, let's go to some listener submissions. At Canucks House, overrated or underrated? Boudreaux putting Pedersen on the wing. Oh, this is an easy overrated for me, Sad. Oh, big time overrated. I, I, I don't even think we can we can even mention underrated in the same <laughs> sentence as Elias Patterson on the way. Uh, it's it's not been good, and I, I still wonder why they won't reunite the the lotto line, but it uh, it hasn't happened 
yet. Uh, Dalvir wants to know, overrated or underrated, Travis Dermott. Okay. Ooh, okay. if you ask Leaf fans, Travis Dermott has been overrated for a lot of years as the uh, analytics community long projected a big breakout for Travis Dermott. That never really happened. So I, I know we're, we're thinking of him as a $1.5 million defenseman that the Canucks are just taking a chance on, but uh, there was a lot of people in Toronto thinking that Travis Dermott had a lot more in him than what he's been able to show so far. So it, it comes down to the bar, right? So the bar was he's going to be a top four defenseman. He didn't become that, and they think he's overrated because of it. It's hard for me to call a guy overrated when he's making $1.5 million. He's 25 years old, plays the left side, plays the right side, and was acquired for a third-round pick. Right? Like We're not talking about somebody the team paid a premium to acquire here, right? And a third is still a third. Don't get me wrong. But I'd say that price kind of tells you he's properly rated, right? If I had to choose one way or another, I do, I'm do. i not sure if Dermott's going to be a top four defenseman, so I am, I'm skeptical when it comes to his overall ability. So if I had to shade, maybe I would say somewhat overrated as far as the analytical profile versus what he's shown so far. But when you, when you have the price being what it is and he actually does work out, it can end up being a massively underrated move for the Canucks, right? Now, will it work out? We're going to find out about it. And I think this is going to be a big test here for this management team and this coaching staff to see if they can turn a player that had potential elsewhere into him achieving and realizing that potential in Vancouver, right? And if that happens, he, you know, we could have a conversation about him being underrated at the end of the day. But when he makes 1.5 and he's 25 and it costs the third, it's hard to be overly critical of the guy. Uh, let's uh, keep it going. Mun, the trade deadline, overrated or underrated? Uh, I'd say overrated. Mm-hmm. The trade deadline every year. Um, <laughs> like all the big deals happen Saturday and Sunday, if not even just before that. It seems like all the big deals happen three, four, five days ahead of the deadline. And then the time that actually is set as the actual, like, hey, you got to stop making trades now, is more about just getting those last-minute deals in. Uh, teams like the Tyler Mott one, you know, just like, all right, uh, unrestricted free agent, he's got to go. What are you giving? Uh, okay, fourth-round pick, great. Uh, that's that's kind of what the last day of the deadline means, but – Trade deadline season is uh, is usually pretty good. Yeah, it is. The draft is the fun one, honestly. Like to me, like the the fun you know time for trades and signing. The window between the draft and free agency is the best window. Let's be honest. The trade deadline is nice, but there's way more huff and puff than actual movement. Well, there's only so much teams can do, right? Right uh, in season. So, yeah, draft is definitely where uh, the real good stuff happens uh jordan uh overrated or underrated fighting is he talking about hockey fights or i'm guess i'm gonna guess hockey fights so fighting and fighting in hockey overrated or underrated i mean it doesn't happen anymore so i'd say underrated (laughs) right i mean it's one thing to say it's overrated because it doesn't mean what people mean you know want it to mean but look at how down fighting is i mean how can you say fighting is overrated when it barely happens anymore yeah what was the last Canuck fight of the season? I can't even remember. What was the last? It was Luke Shen, wasn't it? I mean, it must have been. Who else would it have yeah. been? <laughs> Pretty sure it was Luke Shen. Yeah. I'm Man. I mean, I remember a bunch of McEwen fights. 
Like the McEwen Forbort yep. fight, like I'm never forgetting that. No. Um, McEwen had a bunch of good tillies, but it just doesn't happen often enough. No. I feel like, like here's the thing about fighting, though. You know, and it is the most cliche and most oversaid thing when it comes to this discussion. When a hockey fight happens in a rink, is everybody not going nuts for it? You know, everybody's out of their chair. Everybody's excited about it. I do think the game has evolved enough that we don't really need it, but people still do enjoy the odd fight. I mean, you see what the reaction, you see what the reaction's like at the arena anytime a fight happens. Yep. Right? Always I mean, there. you know, people get into it. So I'd actually say fighting in the game now is underrated given the type of reaction it gets and how seldom it happens. Uh, Shen versus Ross Johnston, the last fight. Is, uh, producer that was the Eddie. Islanders game yeah. when they producer, got filled in Vancouver. Yeah. Producer Eddie tells me uh, Shen and Ross Johnston. Tried to, you know, erase that game, that memory from my uh, from my brain. 5 nothing in the first period. You and Yarrow Halak. <laughs> Burroughs and Shen each have the last four Canucks fights to a piece. Yes. Well, there you go. Bur- oh, Burroughs. I forgot about him because he's been injured. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Burroughs has had a few uh, few good tilts this year. Uh, all right. Lee uh, came in with this one. Popcorn. Ooh, underrated. I mean, and Dan knows. I crush popcorn. <laughs> movie popcorn, movie, you know, hockey game popcorn. Like, I generally eat healthy. Yeah. But if you put a bag of movie theater popcorn in front of me, I'm crushing it. It's funny, like, you used to go to the movie theater uh, and be like, I'm not getting the popcorn, I don't need it, it's so expensive, yada, yada, yada. I can't go to a movie theater anymore. Like, not that I go often, right, especially over the last two years, but, like, if I'm going to a movie theater, I'm getting the popcorn. I love the popcorn. Movie popcorn's amazing popcorn. I don't know what they put in it, but it's incredible. I swear. There's no popcorn tastes quite like movie popcorn. It's impossible. You could never, you can never match the the taste, the feel, and just the overall experience of crushing a bag of popcorn while at the movie theater. Especially when we haven't been to the movie theaters as much over the past few years. Yeah. So it's like now, like give me a big bag of popcorn. <laughs> give me the twenty dollar popcorn. I don't care. I heard don't someone care. today try and sell the fact that stale popcorn a day old is actually better than fresh popcorn. Ooh. One of the nuttiest things I've heard in a long okay, time. Okay, that's no. No, that that's just dumb. Yes. No. It's stale. Who likes stale? <laughs> Somebody, apparently. Um, people are coming in on the text line. They're probably like, wow, Dan, you've never had such a strong take. But movie popcorn, there it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one from Daniel and Comox on the Dunbar Lumber text line, uh, listening live. Uh, the salary cap, is it overrated or underrated? Uh salary cap so overrated it's overrated me, it's over i mean i don't know i hate the salary cap i mean i wish there was more there was less it was less restrictive like i love the nfl salary cap because it's just you know it's like that scene in wolf of wall street when they're talking about the stock market like yeah. it's pixie dust it's magic it doesn't exist it's just something that's what the nfl salary cap is that's what i wish the nhl salary cap was oh you're capped out how about we we, we restructure the contract of our best player and get 25 million in cap space one year i uh I hate the salary cap. I, I wish the NHL would abolish the salary cap. Like, look, you can have a luxury tax. You can have a soft salary cap. Things of that nature where teams are allowed to, you know, go over the number in a year where they feel they've got a chance 
Or you can just be a team and maybe like the Leafs and the Rangers are just always perpetually spending into the tax. I think it, it ends up good for the game. That money filters down to the, the bad teams who end up with more money out of revenue sharing. Sure, you'll have some owners take advantage of it and always have like, you know, very cheap rosters. But I honestly think baseball is one of the better examples. And I know they get chirped the most. Like, heck, there's baseball players every day are like, Look at our game. It's so terrible. The Cleveland Guardians are spending $30 million on their payroll this year. What a joke. And I love that, that players are calling out teams and owners for not spending enough money. At the same time, you don't have to go too far back into history to see Cleveland in a World Series. You know, like, Mm -hmm. the system in baseball, as much as it is criticized, basically every team has gone to the playoffs. More than a few teams have had their kick at the World Series, even on short budgets. I mean, it's worked. Teams have figured out a way to still have success even when they're not spending as much as the big teams. Yeah. So I I will say this, though, like to play devil's advocate for a moment, when your league generates so much less revenue than MLB, than the NFL and even the NBA, you do have to have a more restrictive system because when you when you exceed the money that the league can can actually bring in without it becoming say unstable is limited right whereas in major league baseball you can do that because every team is making like a hundred million no matter what every single year nfl is even more than that right so it's like at the very least you know you have a big income coming in and no matter what you can be like you know what we're gonna kind of rebuild for two or three years but then all of a sudden like the indian like uh cleveland the guardians did what did they decide to do all of a sudden they're like you know what we're into it this one year we're spending a lot more money so they're usually a team that you know spends what 60 70 million that the one year to spend well over 100 million that was their window right so teams can still load up and do those sort of things and get away with it. Whereas in hockey, the margins are so fine for so many of these organizations. Yeah. And I think that's the main reason behind it. As much as I hate it and I love to have it be a bit be a bit less restrictive than it is so far, because of the monetary situation for the league, it does make it harder for them to be as stable if they don't control the finances as much. The uh, voice of logic, Satyar Shah. Mm. It's true. Spock voice. Uh, TV uh, TV revenues in basketball, baseball, and football are just such a different level that yeah. teams don't rely as much on the gate. So uh, tanking teams have a really, really difficult problem in, uh, in the NHL. Uh, all right, let's uh, try and rip through a couple more before we uh, get to the Canucks pregame show. Canucks fan 40, Waffles. I think this was a Waffles or Pancakes debate that was going on on Twitter. And French uh, I toast. will say, so depends on the waffle. If it was regular waffle, overrated. You give me like a like a dope Belgian waffle mm. or something, you know. You're not like a like give me a, a fancy waffle. You're not I'm, an Eggo waffles it. guy. Nah, no. Nah. I mean, hey, listen, uh, I am not besmirching the Eggo waffle days because <laughs> you know back in not yeah, making a lot of money in there. early raid. It's like, hey, man, it's 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 the it's the Eggo and whatever you can put on it, and and that's what you have, right? And that's just the reality of it. But I would say the taste of a waffle, generally speaking, is overrated. Uh, I like. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to weigh in on pancakes, waffles, and French toast. Pancakes are at the top of my list. Pancakes are so good. So waffles uh, inherently are overrated because there are better options out there. Um, Cam and Tawasson on the Tunbar Lumber text line. Charcuterie for dinner. Charcuterie. Is that how you? I'd say, yeah, charcuterie. Yeah, I I tried. Charcuterie, yeah. 
I, I'd say underrated because if you get the right charcuterie board, that's, you know, I mean, hey, cheese and me don't mix anymore. But, you know, back in the day when I wasn't as, as afraid of it. But you go with a, a bunch of different types of cheese, a bunch of different types of meat. You have a few different crackers, even some bread or whatever. And, you know, some pickled veggies and things like that next to it. I mean, if you do it right and do a real big spread and have some veggies and stuff with it as well, you can actually make it for dinner. Have a bottle of wine with it. Yeah, that could be a dinner for you. Uh, I think charcuterie is gone overrated it's kind of like uh kind of like my poutine take like everybody's making charcuterie boards now and it's just like no like this is but all char- all charcuterie boards are not equal yes exactly that's the thing but like you know if you just like gr- i don't know I, i'm a fancy boy you know i like my nice suprasatas and my nice salamis and my nice prosciutto and if i'm getting like some of the substandard stuff i mean come on it's just not gonna work for me I'm sorry. I'm highbrow when it comes to the charcuterie board. You only buy, so you, you, you only eat charcuterie if you get the stuff from like, um, like Whole Food or oh, you, you gotta know, you gotta like get, higher end. No, you gotta go to like Bosa and get the real good stuff. You know. All right, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Or you make your own. You know, in the cantina. But who's got that kind of space? You've seen the real estate prices? Unbelievable. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's oh, good. we have. Uh, you got to read this. The text that came in from somebody who is French oh. and is imploring you to pronounce charcuterie the right way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, charcuterie. Is that is that right? Charcuterie. Maybe I. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to. I tried. Okay, I tried. I'm, I'm not not perfect with it. This segment is overrated. Well, that's the final thought. On this. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an edition. Again, this uh, hour was brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited. Uh, Sat's going to head off. He's going to be with Murph on the television broadcast. Myself and Jamie Dodd have got you for the pregame show. Canucks and Colorado Avalanche next on Sportsnet 650.